You are listening to the podcast for learning the language of the Course in Miracles so you can understand the meaning, embody the message, and live the teachings as a way of life. Welcome to episode 10 of this podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Jennifer McSween, creator of this podcast, and the Course in Miracles practice coach for taking those who are studying the course from inspiration to application. On this week's episode, I'm going to talk about the ego from the perspective of A Course in Miracles. From the perspective of the world, we see ourselves as human beings made up of a body that's ruled by a brain, and we have feelings and emotions, different character traits, and a personality that's unique to each of us. The ego which we look at in the world through the lens of Freud and psychology, is seen almost as the thing that defines the human self, the the personal self, the I that is me, so to speak. And it's as if there is this unspoken, unwritten premise we all accept and uphold that says to be human is to have an ego and that your ego is you. We often describe people based on behavior that we ascribe to egos or to the ego. We would talk about people who seem to be self-absorbed or self-centered as people who have big egos or who are egotistical. And we might describe them as being full of themselves. Hmm? On the other extreme, we refer to people who perform selfless acts or live lives of or in service to others, whether it's by trying to make the world a better place, rallying for a certain cause, or ceaselessly helping others, especially when it's done without wanting recognition or acknowledgement. We refer to these people as egoless. However, we also describe as egoless those people who we would just as well call pushovers because they, they, they may not stand up for themselves in the situations in which they were being attacked or oppressed or perhaps bullied in some way. Because we also think that we need the ego in a physical sense to protect us in some, to some degree as we interact and encounter with other people or opposing forces and circumstances in the world. So whether we fall into the egotistical or egoless category, we nevertheless see the ego not only as a defining human characteristic, but as a necessary part of the human experience. In spite of this, though, we have somewhat of a love-hate relationship with the ego. It's not always seen as a good guy, right? we secretly see the ego as that hateful, unloving, but defining aspect or part that we believe exists in all of us. It's that part of us that we see as unlike God and what makes us human beings, the the aspect that separates us from God. And so from that perspective, we think the ego is by nature a bad or negative thing. And to a certain degree, 
we feel we need to distance ourselves from it in some way, even though we think it's what defines us. Because we certainly don't think we can get rid of it. Remember, it's that defining part. And I remember hearing Dr. Wayne Dyer talk about our struggles with the ego jokingly. I mean, that's like the original struggle, right? He said, if we could get rid of it, we would go running to a doctor and say, can you please give me an egoectomy? Just take it out. I want it gone. So well, we can't do that. So we try to distance ourselves. And how we do it is we try to deny, condemn, control, or and or even project our own egotistical tendencies on others and on the world outside us. Now, we do this first because even though we believe that the ego is a defining and necessary aspect of who we are, because we see it as something bad or negative, we don't want to claim it. Because nobody wants to admit that they're capable of doing, have done, or very well might be presently doing any of the horrid things we attribute to the ego. Because nobody wants to think or feel that they're a bad person. And second, we're afraid that acknowledging or claiming that you have an ego will literally keep God away from you or lead God to punish you in some way. Because after all, we believe the ego is what separates us from God, right? What caused the whole separation that we believe happened. And I've actually heard the acronym for ego, E-G-O, as easing God out. And in religious circles, the ego is equated with the devil, that source or force that is behind all the bad things that are done and that take, take place in the world. So bottom line is, we're really afraid of the ego because we think it wields a lot of power over us and not usually the good kind. <laughs> From the perspective of the Course, however, the ego is neither to be feared denied, condemned, or controlled. Because the Course sees the ego literally as nothing but a mistaken thought. In one of its passages, the Course answers the question, what is the ego in the following way? What is the ego but a dream of what you really are? A thought that you are apart from your creator and a wish to be what he created not. It is a thing of madness, not reality at all. A name for namelessness is all it is, a symbol of impossibility. A choice for options that do not exist. We name it, but to help us understand that it is nothing but an ancient thought, that what is made has immortality. But what could come of this except a dream which, like all dreams, can only end in death. Now, this response by the Course to what is the ego rests on the Course's premise that, just like the world and everything in it, the ego has neither substance nor power. It's just another form in which the thought of separation is being experienced. In this case, you're experiencing the thought of being an individual separate self. 
in its most essential, most basic form, truest, truest form, I should say. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, it appears to be something real because you're experiencing it, like I said, in its truest form. And it appears to be something real and that has real power over you, both on a personal level, in the form of the personality traits or the behavioral tendencies with which you struggle, that you associate with the ego, or those that seem to be present in others and in the world. And this is so simply because we, we have chosen to believe the line of reasoning or the thought system that says we really did separate from God. Now, from the perspective of the Course, there are only two thought systems through which we can look at who we are and what the world is and through which we can interpret everything we see and experience in the world. One is the ego's thought system, which again says that you're a separate self and that you exist in a world surrounded by other separate selves. And this is a misunderstanding or misperception. And the other is referred to as the Holy Spirit's thought system, which is essentially the thought or idea that says the separation never happened. It's just the thought in the mind. Now, the thought, the Course refers to as the tiny mad idea that I talked about in the last episode, episode nine, when I discussed the idea of separation. As the Course teaches, it's the thought system we choose to accept that determines whether we'll see ourselves as an ego, separate from God, or as one with God. In other words, is the thought system we accept to be true in any given moment or situation that determines whether we feel unfairly treated, attacked, victimized, or metaphorically outside the kingdom in some way, or whether we feel loved, worthy, healed, or at peace in spite of the fact that we might be faced with a circumstance or condition that appears in some threatening form. So from the perspective of the Course, you're not an ego, nor do you have an ego. The ego is nothing but the effect of your believing in an erroneous thought system. It is not real. The ego, however, is talked about in the Course as if it is something real. And this is primarily because we believe that it is real. So the Course speaks to us in a manner to which we can relate or in a language we can understand in a manner of speaking. And it does so to tell us the truth about the ego so that we will no longer fear it or feel ruled by it and literally simply transcend it. So the thought system that leads us to see ourselves as an ego is based on the erroneous, mistaken, tiny mad idea of separation that we thought really happened. The one the Course refers to as the thought system of the ego. And the other thought system, based on the awareness of the truth that the separation never happened, simply because we can never be separate from God, this is what the Course refers to as the Holy Spirit's thought system. So what we're being told by the Course is that the ego is nothing to fear 
because it is not real. That we see and experience ourselves as an ego simply because we have chosen to accept the ego's thought system to teach us who we are. And so now we're seeing ourselves through the lens of the ego as a separate ego self. What this means is that the ego is not to be feared, denied, condemned, or controlled, but to be recognized for what it really is, an erroneous, mistaken thought, and become willing to accept the thought of truth instead. So that's it for today's, this week's topic. Tune in next week when I'll be talking about the Holy Spirit. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast for understanding the language of A Course in Miracles. If you enjoy this episode, please leave me a review. Subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And please invite your friends to listen. Have a great week and see you on the podcast next Wednesday. <laughs>